quarantined. I'm Liz, that's Aaron, my long-suffering, so patient husband, who always lets me without warning when I have fucked up the audio. And um, if I don't do it myself. <laughs> we are back to talk about another chunk of episodes from season two of Steven Universe. As always, the numbers are just so messed up and we can't get an accurate count anywhere. Nothing clicks together. So we're just going to go ahead and list off the episodes we are going to talk about right at the top. So you are completely aware of what we will be discussing today. Hulu, get your shit together. Come on. Today, we are uh, doing six instead of five, so we can catch up for the last five for the finale of season two. We are talking Nightmare Hospital, Sadie's Song, uh, Bean C. It can happen to anyone. <laughs> Here we go. No, I got I got the list. Oh, I'm sorry. I, like, I have it pulled up if you want me no, to. No, I, I got you. I'm to. sorry. Nightmare Hospital, Sadie's Song, Catch and Release, When It Rains, Back to the Barn, and Too Far. Um, it's a good set. Um, the first two don't have much to do, but the, the next four are a bit of a, a Steven bomb. So I think this is a, this is a really good set to, uh, to kind of talk about, to watch. Um, the first two I found to be pretty closely connected cause it has to do with daughters relationships with their mothers. You, you, you do have a point there. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump right into it since we have an extra episode to cover. Don't want to be here forever. <laughs> Isn't that right, audience? Talking about talking about the episodes. <laughs> uh, let's start with Nightmare Hospital. After Connie's mother confiscates Rose's sword, Stephen and Connie sneak into the hospital where she works to retrieve it from her. Um, this I remember watching this and being a lot more spooked the first time I watched this. And um, the second time I watched it, I appreciated the relationship a lot more. Hospitals, I've always thought of them as kind of scary places myself that's not a childhood thing that went away i still associate them with a lot of negative things uh and it's not the hospital's fault they're working very hard to make you healthy and keep you safe but if you only have negative experience with someone dying or having to stay there or surgery hello mycroft have you come to join and muck up the audio too see aaron it's not just me the cats do it sometimes uh, That's why I like closing the door. Uh, Nightmare Hospital is kind of uh, the amplification of all those ideas. It's just yeah. dark and creepy late yeah. at night at a place where you don't, haven't been before. Bodies that may not be human littering the halls. These gem monsters continue to be so scary just for their un, what you call it? They aren't conscious. They're they're not they're zombies. They're kind of like a golem in a way. Uh, you know, they move with purpose, but what purpose that is, we're not exactly sure. Yeah, and we eventually learn why there are so many as this as this block of episodes continues. So we're eventually going to get there. But right now, um, I think the thing I like a lot about this particular episode is that it kind of like cuts straight to it. I don't think that Steven Universe. Mamby Pamby's about it. It doesn't shuffle its feet a lot. It pretty much just hits at the core of things pretty immediately. And I think the best way to solve any problem is through talking, just making sure everyone under is on the same page. Uh, also, Dr. Mahesh Warren has some has one of the funniest lines I did laugh out loud when we watched this about uh, you know how many kids I see every day with their faces cut off? None. Because they'll have parents who love them and won't let them run around with swords. <laughs> Yeah, the worrywart parent is always kind of one of those like exasperated uh, 
stereotypes that we always see in you know kids tv shows or like they're always kind of the underwritten parent because they think oh the warrior parent that's their personality but i think dr mahesh warren is um uh, a lot better because they take time and show that she the reason she worries is because she is a doctor she you know she sees the worst case scenarios um, they touch on it a little bit in Scrubs whenever Dr. Cox, his, uh, his fr- son is first born, um, you know, like he keeps hearing him cough and um, the the doctor that he kind of has issues with, the guy from uh, Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. um, the puppet guy. Uh, he, he's not a puppet guy in Law and Order. He's a puppet guy in Scrubs. <laughs> there are no, um, there's no there puppets in Law and Order. What are you talking about? It's all puppets in Law and Order. <laughs> puppet in Order, SVU. Dun, dun. He touched me where the hand goes. Uh, he says, uh, you are, uh, I like to say, we are burdened with knowledge. Because doctors, literally, literally what they do for 10 to 12 years is they have to um, study uh, all like the worst case scenarios, the best case scenarios, everything. And you know, Doctor Mahesh Warren is someone who's do- who does that, and we see that she's re- kind of respected in her her hospital. She's the one they call. She's exactly. the only one who can do it, and she's so composed. Like she goes in and pretty much checks on a mutant monster and doesn't lose Two. composure. Yeah. Two. We find out late in this episode that this is just she like had one patient yeah. I had. Yeah. Uh, I, what are you doing out of bed? Like she's a stoic professional, but again highlighting the really weird problem of the beach city residents not really having any concern for the crystal gems until the world is ending and then it's like terrifying their existence they just don't seem to like really observe these dr mahesh warren loves her daughter but she hangs around with a boy with the ruby in his stomach that is riding a lion and lives with three beings who are not his parents who may not even be human and she doesn't seem to you know i mean that's the whole thing we see a year has passed since connie's sight was healed and her mom has not noticed. Yeah, and that's that's the weird thing is they um uh it shows that like she does care for her daughter, but she doesn't always notice her daughter. Or, you know, I know everything about my daughter. I know what she does day to day. I know what you know. To who the she's minute in. your violin lesson should have ended already. <laughs> it, it's, but but do you know your daughter? And see, the thing is, is when parents are controlling like that. You don't make better children. You make better liars. Mm. And um, unfortunately, you know, th- that is the truth because I've known people like that who've had very controlling parents. And a lot of times kids are still going to get away with shit. They're just going to know how to get away with it better. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to get away with it after they left the house. It's 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 going to be, unfortunately, one of the two scenarios. And you and I were very lucky because, you know, we grew up in households that had very open and honest relationships with our families. But I've seen some worst case scenarios. So I think I was given the benefit of the doubt way too much as the first of the family of the kids to ever have a social life or date. And like, well, I guess, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Until it was too late and like well no you can't stay out till 3 a.m that's that's a no-no I'm like oh okay well you didn't tell me that before i definitely won't now <laughs> uh, yeah that was there were, there was some awkwardness 
especially when you and I first started dating. Because yeah. we didn't know what to do. I none of us knew what to do. Dates, huh? We hadn't gotten that's to a, this yet. That's a thing. Yeah. I, oh yeah. boy, that was a, that's a thing. <laughs> and if, like, I, if I may draw a comparison, actually, between Dr. Mahesh Warren and Pearl, both single-minded in what Connie is supposed to be, in what she is supposed to be doing, to the detriment of others. And the fact that the episode isn't centered around Stephen feeling bad that he got Connie in trouble, it's about Connie's determination to get this sword back. And I think a lesser show might have, it's been, it's too easy to fall into, oh, how the uh, main character would be feeling about this, as opposed to, it's actually not about you. It's about this other character who wants to take responsibility for her actions. I didn't even, that's a, that's a really cool comparison, huh? <laughs> I didn't even come close to thinking about it that way. Well, I've been trying really hard. I read lots of reviews of the web, of the episodes after we watch them to get some fresh perspective. And even watching it for the second time go around, it rem- there are things that I see, uh, especially the fact that when she has the sword, she immediately takes care of business. It's not oh, a, yeah. maybe you're strong enough. I know, it's like, I know what to do. Let me have it. I know what to do here for her. And she just takes care of it. Yeah, and it's in in immediately her like her and Steven work together to get it done and it shows that not like necessarily their training, but their their stuff works well together and um they work well together in that situation. They have fun together, but they work well together and it um it's hard to have a relationship like that all the time and, and they do. So why well, yes, Devoning can happen. So Exactly. And I do like that. Uh, Connie doesn't have to be a, uh, bless you. Why? <laughs> Aaron hates it when I apologize for, I, when I bless him before he's actually sneezed. I'm just trying to streamline the process, basically. <laughs> Uh-oh, is it going to happen again? All right. This is great audio bless and video you. right now. It's the best kind. <laughs> We're going to get so many concerned comments below. We're fine. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it... So, so Kanye's not to be a superhero anymore. No. She doesn't have to... They even make a fun joke about that. In another show, it might have been this huge, big thing that she's been keeping this secret from her parents. But Stephen Universe is a simpler, more direct show. It's more about, the but character. then other things are super complicated. Yeah, but like, oh gosh. yeah, like no, I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm saying, yeah, that's yeah. the relationships. I think like where it, it's complicated, where it needs to be. Exactly, and it's a much better break than uh, when Lane from Gilmore Girls had to confront her mom about all the stuff that she'd been doing behind her back. I knew that there was a great example of when controlling parents and they make better liars. Lane is the best example, uh, especially especially for like you, someone like you who watched every, uh, oh excuse me, has watched every episode of Gilmore Girls thrice at least. The older I got watching Gilmore Girls, the more I pivoted from being so mad at Mrs. Kim for how she treated Lane and not letting her have what she wanted, to now being almost thirty and an adult and being like. How heartbreaking for a parent to realize that their daughter is not all what they appear to be. And you can't compromise with your kids that way. You don't make the rules. Yes, you're, you're right. However, be more Lorelai Gilmore than uh, Mrs. Kim. Because Mrs. Kim was still awful in that aspect. She was a very strict person. And I think Dr. Mahesh Warren gets a much nicer 
resolution in this, literally just talking to her daughter. And it's it's comforting. It's nice to see that she sees what her daughter is for, for like the first time in a year and accepts her and says, okay, just just let me know. You, I don't want you to keep things from me. Let me be a part of this. And like even Mrs. Kim didn't want things to be kept from her, but um, the difference between the two is, you know, she, uh, Dr. Mahesh Warren, actually accepts her. And, you know, she doesn't change everything. She doesn't like, okay, no more rules. Well, you know, still, you know, you'll be your own person now. And you, you just check in when you need stuff. He's She's not going to be Greg. Yeah. She's not Greg. That's not who she is as a person. They compromise. And I'm not saying every parent-child relationship or even every situation in parent-child parent -child situation needs to be a compromise but especially in something like this where not only does she like prove herself immediately with this but it's something that she has been showing that she can do for over a year well maybe you know maybe it's got something but she's not immediately like okay well you know run have fun with the crystal gems it's like okay i'm still gonna worry about you and i still want to know everything but no more secrets. Which is what Greg did back in season one, just realizing, oh boy, there's a lot more than I thought was going on, and I'm just going to have to like roll with these punches. And I think the thing that keeps it grounded is that Stephen and Connie aren't like leading double lives. They're not actually totally different people, and they're putting on a facade for their parents. Connie, for all intents and purposes, does enjoy doing her schoolwork and her tennis and learning how to play the violin. Like, all these things are activities that she enjoys, uh, as opposed to Sadie, which we'll come to in the next episode. Uh, but she appears to like doing what she's doing, and she wasn't hiding as a, a separate personality. She just has been exposed to this world and is just becoming a more evolved person. Exactly, and I and I think this this showed a lot of growth between the two and their their relationship between the two, and their um, uh, and, and the the two characters themselves on the relationship between the two, and there's a little bit of an inkling of like you know thanks mom I really appreciate it and as she, it says it instead of it showing the two of them it shows Stephen and the sword and it's like like Stephen needs a mom like so bad <laughs> oh poor Stephen. Um, there is a fun little, because uh, I pulled up, I have the trivia up here. There's a fun little uh, Dragon Ball reference in this. So Is there? Yeah. Uh, apparently there's a plaque that says uh, in uh, Dr. Jiro and Patient 20, which is a reference to Dr. Jiro in uh, Dragon Ball. And his 20th patient, or Android 20, uh, is Cell, which Cell Saga is one of the biggest sagas in Dragon Ball Z. How funny, because... They make a ton of comparisons to Dragon Ball Z with Peridot's frenemy heel turn later in this chunk of episodes with Vegeta. Uh. And I, again, I, I have no understanding of Dragon Ball whatsoever, but it, it keeps showing up with regularity. So I know the showrunners have clearly watched a lot of stuff and are taking influence from uh, tried and true tropes without just repeating them take them in a fresh context the fact that steven and connie joke about her secret identity and uh that steven again can we just for one second talk about how great steven and connie work together that all he you know he's incomplete without her not in a sad way but in a i can defend but she attack <laughs> so i'm really she good with smack 
And she attacked. I've got my shield, but this is all I can do without working with someone else. We're stronger together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so great. Get your hands off my Connie. Ah, ah, yeah, they're, they're, they definitely work better together. And I think that leads uh, a little bit later on into something that we I think you and I know about that but we don't haven't seen fully fleshed out yet and again that's something you and I both know what we're talking about but we're not going to mention because it's kind of a it's a it's a small spoiler we won't we're just going to annoyingly wink at each other huh oh oh wink wonk oh wink wonk let's move on to another mother-daughter relationship Sadie's song Stephen helps Sadie with an act for the annual Beach of Palooza talent show this one got sad for me. It gets so sad for me just to watch these two people who ostensibly love Sadie just take over her entire life and make her into something she's not. And just the the picture of her face, like, made up grotesquely, and she's so sad behind it like a painted clown is... Like, it's not body horror. It's definitely not that, but it's so sad. It, it, it touches on it just a little bit, where it's... um. You're right. It's not body hoarder, but, but it's like it almost gets there. It's very close. Like it's it's grotesque. It's unnatural. Yeah, yeah. Na- yeah that's it. That's that's that. You hit the nail on the head on there. And uh, we, it's not that makeup is unnatural because like Stephen would, of course, at the end of this episode, Stephen has a a great big performance and he puts on all the glitter and the heels and the makeup and he looks great and he's fun and he's having a fun time and that fits his personality. But Sadie. Is not this person. So um, to quickly explain, Sadie uh, is heard singing a song and um, reveals to Stephen that she actually was thinking about entering into this kind of talent show beach city thing. I don't think she actually says it. It's Stephen who suggests that she should do it. Well, I think she does say that she had been thinking about it, but she didn't really wasn't going to do it. And then Stephen jumped on it and. I think with the encouragement of Steven, she she said she was going to do it, but it wasn't going to be a big thing. So. No, it's just going to be a stripped down karaoke, just something fun. <laughs> Rock it, man. <laughs> uh, and we connect uh, Sadie's mom, Barb. Which we we have seen in an earlier episode. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't only deliver the mail; you delivered Sadie. That was I like that the line. That was fun. Um, <laughs> voiced by uh, the re- older redhead from the office. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I hear it now in the timbre of the voice. Yeah, I the one that. the one that was always drunk and had like issues with her kids and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Nice to see you in a more wholesome role. Yeah. <laughs> and. Again, we get another secondary character episode. Like, these two, not really crystal gem heavy at all. But not only are they secondary episodes, but they're good secondary episodes. Like, some of the ones that we dealt with in the other one were, weren't bad, but I would say these are better. Like, mm-hmm. um, well, they're, about, they're about Steven's relationship to these people as opposed to the gem's relationship to these people, which is like Onion Friend. It was, the background of it was Amethyst. And Onion's mother's relationship. That was the thing that we were, that was really about, but we weren't supposed to focus on because it was about Onion being a weirdo. Exactly. So, um, Sadie is, oh God, she's such a sweetheart. She's so sweet. Like, Like how can she do something, how could she do something so reprehensible as keep her, Stephen, and Lars on that island when they could have left at any given time? And yet somehow I, 
instantly forgive her as opposed to Lars or Ronaldo. <laughs> I I don't know, and that, maybe that speaks to something deep seated in our um, understand or not understanding our um, gender identifications and stuff like that. It's really easier to forgive so? women than it is to forgive men, or maybe I would say that Lars and Ronaldo aren't nice people in real life, like. They aren't. Ronaldo is nicer, but he his personality makes it harder to just because of what he the, the shit he gets away with, like with the the documentaries and the uh, you know all that stuff. Um, and then Lars is just not a good person. He he keeps redeeming himself, and then he keeps losing that redemption every single time. Every single time. Uh, Sadie Scar is still there from that adventure. I think we're. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna stay there because there are certain things that, um, like with um, uh, what was another show where they oh, uh, I brought it up whenever I first noticed it. Uh, but with My Hero Academia. Um, they started having continuations with the character design instead of it being, you know, oh, here's the character and this is how the character is going to look from episode one to episode 100 or whatever. Um, he, as he goes through, his battle scars start getting in. He, one times he breaks his hand and they have to do surgery on his hand. He now has that scar in his hand throughout the rest of the series. Um, and he actually wears a brace on his arm because he broke his arm and he, and like he needs it to support his arm better it's like it's like what would happen in real life so i think sadie's scar and then connie's glasses she wore the glasses without the lenses for that entire year i think we'll actually start seeing her without glasses now yeah i don't think she will feel like she has to and i I like both i like both glasses connie and non-glasses connie yeah, I liked her um, her kind of ninja outfit, so I want I hope that comes back. Uh, not trying to sexualize or anything. I like the the style of it and everything like that. It it actually did still have some uh, Middle Eastern influences in it too, so I thought it kind of helped work with her character. So, mm-hmm. um, um, this is a weird contrast to have for the last time we had an episode about Sadie and her mom, which was line three straight to video, and that oh, was yeah. Sadie coming to realize that her mother's. You know, making her lunch every day, you know, isn't quite so bad and smothering as she thought it was. But now we see that her mom can be really smothering. She calls her room a bunker. And when her mom enters the house, it's with dread that Sadie hears it. And her mom is not an evil person or cruel. She just has a totally different impression of her daughter than actually exists. It's different than Connie and her mom. Connie is still the same person. She just now experiences new things. But Sadie is clearly not the A-type a, a personality wo- woman that her mother has thought she's been all this time. She never was. She's like, maybe I'd like to go swimming. And all of a sudden, I'm holding anchor in the 400-meter butterfly. Yeah, see, there, there's um, her mom is very bombastic and very proud of herself, which there's nothing wrong with. But Sadie is not that same kind of personality. Sadie is very much more withdrawn. Still pretty self-assured, but not entirely. She's still learning herself. She's still learning who she is. And, and you know, she's got a wonderful voice, um, thanks to Katie Machucci. Um, uh, I've, I've, I'm, so, I'm so sure I'm mispronouncing that. <laughs> um, but the, the fact is, is that... I think it's also because of how bombastic and self-assured her mom is that it's 
overpowering or encompassing. And so she's like, you know, kind of overcompensating for her mom. But I, yeah, it's hard to be that kind of child. Um, I never did, but you know, I had, I kind of had a little bit of similar experiences where it's like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in this thing. Okay. Well, we're going to, you're going to do this thing and you're only going to do this thing. It's like, um, a lot of the crazes that happened when I was a kid, um, you know, like, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, which really grew when I was growing up, um, you know, I was told that I could only do one thing, but I could do that one thing as much as I wanted, and it, was, and it felt kind of weird, you know, back then, now I understand, because it's super freaking expensive, but... Um, <laughs> For me, that was basketball camp. I was so certain I wanted to play basketball. I was so sure that all it was was just layups and three-point shots. That's fun. I like doing that on the goal at home. Mom, let me try basketball camp. Okay. Thanks, Mom. First day, I got hit in the, I got hit in the head with the ball three times, and so I quit. I, I just <laughs> and left, I quit. and I never looked back. I'm like, thanks, Mom, for letting me try that. One day, that was quite enough for me. <laughs> and uh, so, and you and I had, like, the, the slightest little touches on this. This is, like, the extremes when, you know, she's like, oh, you know, dancing might be fun. Okay, well, do you want to sign up for classes, or do you just want to maybe, you know, go dance at a, a dancing hall or something like that? Or, like, oh, you want to try swimming? Okay, well, here's a local pool. We can maybe go swim some laps if you like it. I mean, you know progressively not oh hey swimming looks fun okay you're now on an olympic size pool doing you know anchoring a team or you know here you're a softball um okay well here you're again you're on a team and your mother's yelling at this uh the the coach to let you in at pitcher and punch an umpire and punch an umpire you know it's like i i've seen that kind of stuff like um, I, I had my, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I've had stuff like that thrust upon me and it's like, I, I would love to do this. I don't know if I like doing this yet. I don't need, you know, a thousand dollar snowboard or something like that. So, um, the sadness I think of it all is it, it's the same sadness I get when I see anything from toddlers and tiaras or anything of their elk, oh. anything with children and pageantry really makes me uncomfortable and it's i don't know if we can like fully <laughs> plumb the depths on this particular idea but yeah, the idea we'll touch on it only slightly <laughs> but slightly for me it's always been really weird to see small children made up and hypersexualized which is what pageantry often is presented as in that TLC reality TV show sort of way. Yeah, we saw a, a clip last night that was deep fake to be someone else, but at one point the little, the child is running away from the camera and the camera keeps following it's her. It's chasing her and she's like, don't follow me. And the cameraman chases her. And I'm like, this can't be legal. This seems so invasive and oh, it's, wrong. it's legal because the parents probably signed They all a signed a release. Form. Yeah, that's... Ugh. Well, it also reminds me of the... Um, there is a show, if you've never heard of this, I highly recommend looking into even just the Wikipedia article, Kid Nation. Um, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, John uh, Hash, told me about this a long time ago, and he, I guess he'd either watched the first episode or had you know heard about it, and it became kind of a running joke for him. Uh, basically, they took like 30 kids and dumped them into you know a ghost town, and they were like, okay, make it work. 
and like they didn't have running water they didn't have like a reliable food source they gave them like soda and then like you know here's like maybe pieces of bread or something like that and one outhouse for 30 kids and um, at one point in the first episode, uh, this youngest kid, because it goes from like eight to 13 or 15, the youngest kid, eight years old, is crying because he's breaking down and, you know, emotionally like unable to deal with this stuff. And the cameraman, I guess, came over and was like, hey, do you mind if I film you? And he's like, oh, okay. And the camera immediately puts, gets, puts it in his face and is just like, this seems exploitative. It's super exploitative. So. Uh, in good fashion, they just talk it out. It's It seems so simple, and yet it's probably something that Sadie has never been able to fully do with her mom. Just to literally break it down and say, listen. It's not even that Barb is foisting her own desires of what she never got to do on her daughter. It doesn't seem to be that way at all. It's just, oh, you want to do this? I want to support you 600% all the way when really she just wanted to try it and see if she liked it. Yeah, it's not like the the Hollywood moms or the dance moms or whatever. It's like where, um, which by the way, that show was the absolute fucking worst. Um, and it wasn't because of the moms. It was because of the woman who ran it all. She she got in trouble because she was like defrauding taxes and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. She was and she was the absolute worst. But um, yeah, she wasn't like a dance mom or Hollywood mom where she's trying to live through the child in in a way. Um, but she was trying to. She was being almost over supportive, you know. Like, okay, well, you know, you want to play soccer? Okay, well, here is a uh, traveling league, and you're going to be in uh, South America for four months, which kind of is a real thing. You know, Um, I was invited when I invited. I was told about these things, and um, I had a friend go into one of them, and he tried to get me to go with him. So it was expensive as hell. That's why I didn't do it. Whoa. I don't know how long you travel for, but, like, you go to different places, and you play for, like, I think a week in each place. So it's kind of like a summer camp kind of thing but you it's all soccer and then it was like different places and i remember like either you only went to one place or like a few different places kind of like a cruise kind of thing but it was kind of neat but yeah super expensive (laughs) um but yeah they uh she she was overly supportive and didn't really take into account what sadie would want so sadie would show interest but not she would be oh okay she would listen to her but then stop there yeah exactly and I think and I think there's a little bit Barb maybe didn't get to do that stuff as a kid. And she's trying to show, okay, well, here, I want you to be able to do this stuff, but to an extreme. Yeah. And as always, Nana Pizza delivers just some great commentary. Uh, um, Surprise guest that is Stephen all over it. Yes. <laughs> uh, Who I can imagine uh, if you're, uh, um, I'm DMing a little one shot for some of our friends. If you're, uh, if you're a character who's kind of this old, my grandma old, bird lady. Yeah, if you're, if it was a human character, I kind of imagine her. Yes, that is exactly who I aspire to be. <laughs> um, the I did. There's a kind of. I'm only going to bring up trivia if there's a fun piece of trivia. Give it to me. Um, so the song "Haven't You Noticed I'm a Star," which is the song that Sadie sings and that uh, Stephen performs at the end of the uh, episode. Um, they it, it's actually performed by both of them. Um, it's not included on the soundtrack album, um, but it uh, it is a was recorded and everything like that for the episode. Uh, the actual recording that we hear that they sing along to uh, was was, rec- was played by Olivia Olson, who plays Marceline the Vampire Queen 
in Adventure Time. Fun. Uh, she would uh, the the peer the excuse me the version that appears on the soundtrack album is hers instead of the one that Zach uh, uh, Carlson and uh, we Kate made we made the same comment with our DreamWorks TV animated movie episode that came out uh, for Memorial Day weekend that the soundtracks tend to not put the version that the actors sing they tend to put the more polished studio versions on the soundtracks. You know, it's fine, I suppose, but I think we grow up liking the ones that are actually in the movie a bit more, so I'm not sure why that's such a big deal. Probably because you have to pay them royalties then, and it probably gets complicated. More than likely. Um, Stupid legal stuff. Yeah, I still, um, in reference to that, I still prefer It's Tough to Be a God by Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. If you want to hear more of Aaron's opinions, we did just release our episode about the four 2D animated DreamWorks movies, if you want to check it out on our parent podcast, Married to the Idea. Parent uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs> All right. We are finally into Peridot episodes. I'm so happy to be back in the Peridot territory. I I don't think I liked her as much uh, at first, the first time we watched these these episodes. And then watching the watching her come back, and then going through to the point where we were, and then rewatching it, I have a much deeper appreciation for Peridot. Mm-hmm. Our first one is Catch and Release. The Crystal Gems finally capture Peridot, but Steven suspects that she has information that the Crystal Gems need to know, and attempts to learn what it is, allowing her to live in his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm gonna need that. Is it a weapon? No, only against cavities. (laughs) (laughs) What about this? Is this a weapon? No. No. Um, I'm also I'm gonna have to use that. For what? (laughs) What great delivery! The voice actress for Peridot, so fabulous. I love the way she delivers her dialogue. Um, Shelby Rabara, um, who I. She's not done much else beyond Steven Universe. She did. She was on a show called Goliath, and then she was in Seventeen again. Those are like her kind of her things that she's done. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Love, love, love her. So there was a lot of good voice acting in this. Getting to hear Estelle's line again. All right, that's it. I'm kicking her butt. Just <laughs> <laughs> lay it out flat. And I really. Oh gosh. I, I agree with you. Like, I think we really hated Peridot the first go around, but I think we went from hating for her from being a hated figure to a comedic and kind of inept figure to her comedy is in her desperation, kind of like Pearl. Pearl's comedy sometimes comes from her desperation for things to go exactly the way she wants. Peridot is kind of like the same way she wants she wants to get back home so badly she gets so desperate she kidnaps steven won't leave the bathroom and it's all it's all an act it's all just a huge act trying to maintain the upper hand above these people she needs it she needs this for her self-esteem yeah i I think that's a good uh, good way to i was i was disagreeing with you at the beginning and i don't know that's a good way to put it um yeah, because she's she's very kind of um, hard to deal with at the very beginning of this. Um, there's a lot of struggles. It's like bringing in a new puppy, and you're like, no, don't put that down, no, no, don't chew on that. You know, you're you're very uh, agitated at first, and then things kind of start settling down and start settling down, and you know, they start settling down and <laughs> go into your bathroom and just kind of like look around. 
What's going on? Uh, Seaman's softness for Peridot, just the way that he really does care truly, I think is residue from Lapis Lazuli. Just the idea that I, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want to hurt you. Let's work this out. Let's compromise. Let's not punch. Let's talk, which I think has always been Steven's greatest strength, that he knows when to fight and when to talk. Yeah, he's not afraid to fight, but it's not his first inclination. And and there are shows and um, characters who, like, that's anytime they meet a, a, a adversary or an aggressor, it's like punch punch away you know like they've been like that for this longest time they even turn peridot's electric trick against her this time so she doesn't get away finally catching her and they've been trying to catch her for episodes now finally caught and steven's like she was trying to tell us something though like she's afraid like if she's afraid of something beyond us we need to figure out what that is yeah, because uh, she kidnaps him to uh, try to get to get her to get him to fix a uh, transporter. And sorry, my mouth gets dry when I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> like he's terrified, but almost like in a way that he's just like, okay, you know. I do like the uh, world's best Stephen mug. I did not mean to share that twice. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a fun thing. Fun uh, little, little baby Easter egg. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of funny things about this like the whole episode starts with steven just going about his daily routine shining up his gem brushing his teeth and just trying to have like a normal human ritual which the gems clearly do not have and none of them like they know steven needs a bathroom but apparently they keep making him pee outside because they always need the bathroom for something else <laughs> oh steven. man i have to pee outside again again uh and uh I really do like the Crystal Gems trying to, like, reason with her. It's very Beast and Belle on opposite sides of the door. Will you join me for dinner? No. Will you see what you did? You see what you did? <laughs> very much like, I tried to be reasonable. Let's just kick her butt. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's... It, it, Peridot is kind of a fun character. She's not the her, her most uh, at her character right this second. She's still very... Um, kind of the grading uh, side of her herself, and we know we get to know her a little bit more as these episodes go on, and um, and it's really cool. But this this first episode is very much. I mean, we could probably talk about all four of these episodes all together, but um, yeah, because they're all very paradox centric. Very much. Well, let's go to the next one then, and just continue our discussion. Uh, Come on, Wikipedia, don't be mean to me. Okay, our next episode, When It Rains. After Steven explains life on Earth to Peridot and she experiences her first rainstorm, she decides to tell him about her mission, to locate an experimental gem creation called the Cluster. This is what we've been building towards. Yeah. It wasn't Jasper. It wasn't Malachi. Like, this is what we have been building towards. This is what the kindergarten was a precursor towards. They are building... A monstrosity, basically. And they've done a good job of showing us that gem shard fusions are not thinking, breathing things that need to be fixed. Everything that Steven's ever come across that seemed to be a monster could be reasoned with. Uh, even our, um, uh, gosh, the thing from the very first couple of episodes, the green spiny caterpillar. Oh, and I'm the centipedal. The centipedal, thank you. Even the centipedal has re reasoning behind the things that it does. 
but these gem shards, they are not that. They are hideous amalgamations. They are not, you can't reason with one. And one that's as big as the earth, just going to bust out of it. That Yeah, it's basically create, creating kind of a, a gem kraken, if you will. You know, something that is going to fight, whether it's for you or against you. It's just, you know, going to fight. And it's not a, it's always, it's never a smart idea, but... I don't know if we can really count the gems or the um, not the crystal gems, but the Home gems, homeward gems. Home gems. Thank you. Um, as always, the smartest because they they have um, at many times they're technolo- technologically advanced, but backwards thinking on so many things about what a pearl can do and about what fusion is, uh, about what the earth is capable of. They just seem to be they, you know. Like aliens, cold and unthinking and thinking that they're the superior life from the universe, not even from a pride standpoint, just of course we are. Uh, is that racist? <laughs> uh, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, hashtag all aliens, uh, not all aliens, um, a a race of aliens that tend to uh, conquer and not think about the indigenous species. I mean, you're talking about man right now, right? Yes, man. Yes, man. I mean, uh, no, like we can't I feel too. Not. We can't feel too. No, I, I wasn't on that one. No, but I'm putting a lot of that kind of instinct into it. I guess, yeah. The idea of colonialism is at its core, thinking that you know best and you deserve this. Well, they—it's not even they know best. It's like they don't get, they don't care about what is on the planet's surface. They just want what's underneath. Yeah. They don't care about indig- or indigenous organic life form because they themselves are not organic. Mm-hmm. For all the big revelations in this one, I think for me the favorite part for me of When It Rains is the thunderstorm of just Stephen making soup and Peridot coming out and him explaining rain to her and her clinging to him when it thunders because she thinks the cluster has arrived already. <laughs> the animation on her fingers when she first touches rain. like That moment, that just kind of <sighs> still, or not even still moment, but that moment it, it, they take a lot of time and you know lots of breaths with it and allow her to just kind of experience it so and you as the the viewer experiences as well it makes um, me think of breath of the wild to be honest i know that's a weird kind of comparison but when it rained for the first time when we were playing zelda breath of the wild it was like I forgot how beautiful rain is. <laughs> and and it's really funny, too, because usually, um, especially as you get a little bit further into uh, Breath of the Wild, the rain gets a little bit more and more of an adversary or, you know. Your thunderstorms. You can't climb rocks in just normal, you know, little rain showers. It yeah. becomes an element that you have to overcome. That's why I'll build a fire and just fast track to someplace and get out of the rain. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's one of those... Uh, but I, I do I, I agree and it's it's such a gorgeous game anyway so um we are losing you visually right now so um, do i need to lean in a bit more um you can but i think the camera is actually slowly turning towards me oh i see it would you like me to go change uh, it do you want to or do you want me to i can do it okay hold on the fort um so yeah the the visuals in this in that in particularly that part of the episode are uh very good because they do take the time to allow um steven to go in and have fun as a kid and um uh you know go play in the rain in the mud and perry 
uh, or Peridot to, um, to not uh, really understand what's going on, but to like be apprehensive and um, to really just kind of. Uh, what a great character Steven is. He always, he is always the first one that any stranger adversary trusts. Always. There's a lot of reasons behind his his care his personality is one that just attracts that kind of stuff. He he's so innocent and sweet, but he's also he's giving and he's understanding. He's not gonna like just be a pushover or a rollover, but he's not gonna be a jerk about anything. Yeah, either. like we'll go. We can go to the kindergarten on one condition. We have to hold hands. Just <laughs> holding hands, walking through the kindergarten. <laughs> And I thought that was uh, I thought that was uh, very funny. Um, but the and it's like we well, can go down here, but I have to have my hand back. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. need my hand for this part. But and how he helps her, just to like you need a, you need a lift. It's okay to ask. I don't yeah. mind helping you. <laughs> and uh, I think it's 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 funny because it shows that like you know even though she had all these like the limb enhancers and stuff like that. Uh, the limb extensions she you know she did a lot of stuff on herself and she's just so used to working alone and getting stuff done alone that she just didn't ever have to ask for help and now she's like her limb enhancer she prided herself on being self-sufficient yeah and it's okay to ask for help it's okay so uh our next episode back to the barn at the barn, when Peridot and Pearl fight over who will lead the construction of a drill that will take the group to the cluster's location, Steven suggests they build robots and compete with each other. Giant robots. Robots. Giant robots weren't meant to fight. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm with the audience like, why didn't we do that first? That, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we should have done, right? Just mecha warriors, this thing. Uh, also... Steven operating the cluster puppet is pure joy. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not what the cluster would look like. That's all I had. <laughs> uh, this is a adorable episode because it shows Peridot kind of becoming a little bit more herself and um, just l allowing her personality to shine through, you know, for, for better or for worse. And um, Pearl trying to show that she is more than she um, was meant to be originally. Uh, and we get a little bit of a glimpse into the Homeworld gems, uh, you know, her saying, you know, oh, you know, we've got a real fancy pearl. And it's really, it's like, you know, you can tell it to go away now. Yeah, just, again, that backwards thinking. And, you know, she says it. I'm, I'm a paradox. I'm a natural technician. I'm a certified kindergartner and all these other things that someone would think add value to yourself as a person when really it's what you do with your abilities that make you special. And Pearl in the end does what I think is the best course for these sorts of stories is not that she denies who she is. She accepts who she is. And that's kind of the reason why I wished Rise of Skywalker had ended with her just saying that she was, boy, should we say what her last name is? Is there, is, can we spoil Rise of Skywalker? I just don't even worry about I it. I won't even worry about it, but I think if she had said who she truly was, it would be an acceptance of who she is and that it doesn't change who you are. Where you come from is an indicator of where you're going. And Pearl truly does that. She says, I am a Pearl, and I worked really hard to get to where I am today. I did everything. And I think that's why the gems are like so happy. Like 
you did a great job. You did so good. And it doesn't matter that Peridot actually won because Pearl is the one that they truly center around and believe in. Yeah, and it it shows like they're like they care about Pearl, you know, win or lose. And it's like it's not that they only care about Pearl if she wins. They only care about Perry if they if she wins. Um, it, it's they care about everyone, win or lose. You know, and if we if they care about you, they care about you. So the other crystal gems actually have a really good moment here too. We've just learned about the cluster. We know that it's going to come out and destroy the Earth at any moment. But when Steven suggests robot olympics they're like cool and they just set up a grandstand and they just watch and applaud <laughs> and clap and cheer on and amethyst is eating all of her popcorn garnet deciding not to eat the popcorn like uh, ah, no. no but they're having such fun watching this they don't begrudge stephen for his fun and wacky ideas um and it shows the difference in like two technologies and yeah the robots that they build reflecting how they think strength lies mm-hmm she uh per- pearl thinks strength strength lies in grace and uh agility and uh peridot thinks it relies in um uh, you know an actual brute strength and uh and you know like muscles. i had the word brute strength in my head as you said that that was pretty uh, cool <laughs> um but in they do kind of uh reckon not necessarily reconcile but they kind of find common footing at the end and it's uh, we'll we'll see uh, probably another episode here uh, in the next set where Peridot has kind of this kind of moment with uh, Garnet because the next episode after this she has a moment like this with Amethyst so she has a whole episode dedicated She's with each one of them yeah she has one with Steven, Pearl Amethyst and then she'll have one with Garnet so yeah Steven's a human and what pearls are what Amethyst was supposed to be what Garnet is like all these things are coming together exactly so go on i uh go. i do like that they are evenly go. matched and i we get a reference to uh, someone painting amethyst yet again and then <laughs> instead of rewarding points to one or the other he just writes art is subjective on the chalkboard <laughs> which is just go. such a great little go. line right go. there go. oh oh aaron is going. trying really hard to get Mycroft to stop loving him. It's, it's not, not successful. No, it's not about being <laughs> loving. It's being, he wants attention. and He, he wants it very badly, Aaron. Oh, he wants it so bad. <laughs> uh, like Peridot, in our next episode, oh, oh, sad, sad episode. In our next ex- uh, episode, Too Far, Peridot gets carried away with gem gossip and reveals something about Amethyst unintentionally offending her. And this is an interesting episode because it doesn't start off like where Peridot enjoys being around Amethyst, but near the middle of the episode, she in like realizes she does enjoy her company and wants to continue it and like enjoy the 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 comedic antics that you know Amethyst has, and then it's just like when she does, unfortunately, you know, make fun of her point out the the flaws in her not in the best of ways she hurts amethyst's feelings or you know hurts her to her core and she isn't even trying to do that she's trying to make jokes because she's making amethyst laugh and she likes making amethyst laugh with the weird way that she perceives everything and it's here that we get the explicit confirmation that this amethyst could have looked so different Mm -hmm. she should she could have been built so differently she could have been a jasper like yeah essentially yeah Yeah. she could look a lot like like, rod shouldered a lot taller a lot more intimidating and um 
you know, she's a shapeshifter, so she could, or she's a lot more comfortable with shapeshifting. She so. purple pumas sometimes and assumes yeah. that, that big format. Uh, and it's so sad. It's always heartbreaking to look at Amethyst's background because she's such a, a joyful, fun character, and she likes to laugh and to just see her get, like, really hurt about what she should have been. And it doesn't even turn into a, I want to lead the group now, which I think, again, a lesser show might have hit that way. Like, yeah, I should be the leader. I'm clearly superior. It's her just realizing, you know, I don't want to really hang out with you right now. You really made me feel bad. It's It's less about, like what the character should do and it's more like what the character actually would do you know um it, it it's not like what the writers think that the characters would do it's like hey what would this character actually do and, and amethyst and she like steven actually goes to stop pearl or paradox from what she's saying at one point because he knows that it's hurting her and amethyst stops her it stops him and it's like no I want to see where she's going with this, and because she doesn't know, and yeah, she doesn't I, know what she could have been. She has no idea, and now it's like a new facet of her that she has to accept and learn to live with. I don't even know if Garnet and Pearl knew, or if they did, if they knew to tell her, or you know, or if they were keeping it from her or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Peridot, like that moment with Garnet. Um, could you unfuse? You're making me uncomfortable silent beat and then just garnet tying her to a fence post and walking away her having free reign of the place made me uncomfortable just, yeah whew, <laughs> how you deal with a homophobe <laughs> just oh gosh and i mean she is right like she was trying to destroy the crystal gems until very recently so yeah it's probably a little weird but even then she's she lets uh Stephen be her chaperone. Stephen and Amethyst be her chaperone and take her. And it's never a, I don't know if you guys can handle her. It's like, yeah, you're capable people. Sure, take her with you. And that's like the really good stuff about this stuff. Uh, uh, we even forgot to mention it in um, When It Rains episode with Garnet saying as they're leaving, oh, Stephen, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you something very important. What? I love you. Just, just so, so sweet. So wholesome. <laughs> so wholesome. Just they like, all... Deeply care about each other. I think even the show's intro, we didn't talk about that, but the show's intro has changed in the new season. Did it change for season two? Or I thought it changed in the middle of season two. Well, it has changed recently from what it used to be. It's the same song, a little bit more jazzed up, and the animation is completely different, and it shows how Steven is the one who warps them, how they all work together to fight, how Connie is a part of the mix now. It's the same sort of layout, but by changing the focus of the animation, suddenly we are telling more with our intro than previously existed. Instead of Steven just kind of like floating, you know, like going along for the ride, Steven is an active participant. Exactly. Again, another word I was holding on to in my head and you just thought of. <laughs> uh I am glad that we're getting our Peridot episodes because I don't think I liked her as much the first go around, and I think I like her more this time. I I, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, it it was until um a little bit later on, and because we I think we've now uh the um the in card animation kind of reveals what part of the season that you're in a little bit. Um, there are. And I don't know if they did it as much in the first season, but I know they do it more in this season and then the next season. Um, but right now, I think with going to the barn, 
it has begun we the transition to our summer, summer episodes, episodes which is fun because we're now in summer i know it's almost like it's mirroring us um also something i did not at all pick up on the first go round was amethyst and peridot are really similar and they do actually have a connection a moment where peridot saves her from the runaway drill head like there is a moment there and i, I did not see oh, the first it was, go round yeah, I'm like it was an accident also, oh, that was saving you was too. Like, what? What? Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have several questions. I have so many questions here. Um, but yeah, there was uh, there's definitely a connection there, and I don't know if they explore it um, later on down the road. So, um, there's so many possibilities that we just have not hit on yet, and I'm I'm excited to see if they do. Um, but this, I do, and I think I, I'm in the same boat as you because I didn't like Peridot as much. I thought, like, why are they shoving this character in? And it's more like it's showing a Steven, not necessarily converting, you know, like, come to the way of the Steven. It's more. But he does. He brings people into his fold. Lapis Lazuli is the first, and I would say Peridot is the second. And um, and it's not even bringing into the fold. It's just showing human compassion. And I think Rose technically was the first gem to ever be swayed by human compassion. And then the other crystal gems um, eventually, you know, saw that way with Pearl, uh, Garnet, and then Amethyst. I think eventually. the more you hung out with humans, you had to recognize that about them. And these crystal gems have been on Earth for a while now. Exactly. And I think even though they still have some issues, you know, being human, to an extent, you know, I never want the crystal gems to be human. I still want them to be their own human beings, but to understand human interactions and everything like that, you still you have to be around them as much as you are. And they, I think, they still kind of seclude themselves a little bit too much. But having Steve in there allows that to grow without them realizing it. Absolutely. Also, I love Peridot's tape recorder. That is awesome. It's adorable. The, the, the pearl is, is very good. She has an aptitude for building. But that doesn't explain the singing and the crying. And the and singing the, while crying. crying. <laughs> 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 just skewers. Just so perfectly right there. I see myself in this picture, and I am not okay with it. And what is it with these... Uh, the 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 showrunners or the writers or the like background artists with Ronaldo just like we're gonna throw up possibilities for this the show and because uh, in a Sadie song he they show uh, him bringing up a chalkboard onto the stage oh yeah and it's, it's we totally forgot to mention how yeah Ronaldo has once again figured out the show before we have <laughs> and if we had just paid attention to him we would have noticed these things it's like he's the crackpot that everyone should listen to. Exactly, so. the man in the tinfoil hat. Exactly. So uh, we'll talk about the last, even though Hulu does not have it this way. Hulu uh, doesn't have it this way. So if you're following along on Hulu, the answer is not the finale of season two. So we're going to tell you the five episodes through the TV listing online, the last five episodes of Steven, two, of Steven Universe season two. Next week, we are going to be talking about the answer, Steven's birthday. It could have been great. Message received, and log date seven fifteen two. And I'm actually really glad that we're going to end the way that we are. And I, I know it was kind of my decision to do so, um, but we're 
I'm really glad that we're going to do this because this is such a great way to end because I, if I remember correctly of how um, the final of the episode of this ends, it's such a great little note how it does. So um, it, it does kind of, it is kind of like a, a, a almost a heartbreak. And then it's like, Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> there is a, uh, there's some cool episodes. I don't. I, I. I. I don't remember much from the answer. Um. I remember now. The answer is a. Once you see it again, I think you will remember. This episode was nominated for an Emmy for outstanding short form animation. Okay. So then I. Then I. Then I. Then I do think I remember that episode. It's. It's a huge. It's highly rated. So, mm-hmm. um, Stephen's birthday. I think is actually something when I talk about you know, um, character design evolving throughout the show i think this is one of the first times we see it happen to steven um i don't remember it, it could, could have been, been great. great has tons of background visual information that shows so many things that we will see later oh. especially with who leads homeworld then i do remember that i do i remember one specific visual then mm-hmm. so i'm curious to see so I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to the next set um absolutely uh if you want to follow along uh we go live every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. here on our Marriage the Idea Facebook page. Uh, comment below what your favorite of these six were, but Aaron, what was your favorite of the six we talked about today? <sighs> I would actually probably have to say When It Rains. I was going to say that, too. Like, boy, we are on the same wavelength today. <laughs> if it wasn't that... Um, I really like too far too. Um, too far is good. I there's just it, for the moments that are it's good. There's just too much kind of around as, it. As fully established, I like getting hurt. So this one hurts me good in all the right ways. Also, back to the barn and robot Olympics is just for fun, sheer enjoyment. Probably right up there as a close contender for second. Yeah. See, I'm. I would have to say when it rains, back to the barn. Catch and release. Oh no! Uh, when it rains, back to the barn. Nightmare hospital. Um, s- catch and release. Sadie song, and then too far. So too far is the bottom for you. It, again, it's like one, two, three. Oh, they're it, all so very, very it, close. Yeah. It, the 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 separation is not that far between each one because they're they're all really good episodes. This is this is a great cluster. So. <laughs> great cluster. You cannot me. stop me. Oh, no. And just the cluster puppet taking on Stevens. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes. And Aaron, good news. Even with an extra episode, we still managed to finish in an hour. Cool. I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad that we did that. So um, for those of you who are watching this and those of you who uh, will watch this and those of you who are listening, thank you guys so much. Um, I know things are starting to reopen. Uh, we plan on continuing this in some fashion. Uh, we will update uh, if we have to adjust times and stuff like that. Now would be a good time to go through and see if we could finish by the end of the summer because I think we could. I think we could. It'll all depend. Um, but if you're interested in watching old episodes and you don't want to watch the live streams, you just want to listen, uh, every Tuesday before we start our new live stream, we update the episode from previous week and upload it onto SoundCloud and iTunes so you can listen along, too. Um, and if you have any ideas um, on, you know, it might be something where we release one episode every other week because of you know work returning for for myself 
Um, Liz is now on summer break. Woo-woo! <laughs> um, but we might Which do... makes me feel even more like a child. And we might have to do like 10 episodes or something like that and go back really to like this. power through. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we hope you guys have been enjoying this. Um, you know, leave your favorite of these clusters or your favorite episode that we've seen so far um, in the comments below. Um, and uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes for Married to the Idea, let us know. And uh, be sure to check out Married to the Idea on Facebook. So until then. Remember, only you can keep Beach City quarantined.